Smile with your liver and smile with your heart. Breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. I am radiant like the sun. I am courageous like the water. I am stable like the earth. Breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. Shall we begin? Hey, beautiful people. So this is it. Episode one of my new podcast, Say It With Your Breast, Media, Men, and Mantras. I'm... You're here, I'm here, we, my sisters and my misters, are here. So, this is Say It With Your Breast, a new Louisiana-based podcast highlighting female magic right here in the boot. And for those of you who don't know, the boot refers to Louisiana because it's shaped like a boot because that's genius, right? So my name is Ariel Dominique Brown, though you can find me as Ariel Dominique online drop the brown no daddy issues i just don't really use it online be sure to subscribe to the podcast we're on itunes google play podbean and soundcloud so you have options my people some of you know me as a singer songwriter and something that i don't usually post about but i also am a social worker so My intentions behind this podcast should be pretty obvious. I'd like to create a comfortable and inviting place for young, colorful women of Louisiana to express, teach, and promote. In return, as a listener, I ask that you support and respect the bravery and honesty of each person that airs on the show. Follow the show, share the podcast with friends and family, subscribe, get email updates, and especially subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. The podcast is hosted on Podbean as well. So download it, subscribe, listen there if you want. So storytelling is really important to me because I feel like the art of storytelling, the purpose of storytelling has kind of been lost in this generation. Not lost, I should say, but transformed. We tell our stories through pictures, but true storytelling is from the heart with language. Storytelling has earned its place as the most important tradition that humans possess. The most important reason for this being that every story contains a lesson. Stories teach us to love, to forgive others, to be just, and to strive for better than we have. There is a power in storytelling that can transform our lives. Our life stories can be tools for making us whole again, complete. They gather up the parts of us and assemble them in a way that gives our lives better meaning than they had 
before we told our story. The stories we tell of our lives carry this power. Our stories illustrate connectedness with others. And in the life story of each person, there definitely is a reflection of somebody else's life story. And in some mysterious, amazing ways, our stories in our lives, you guys, truly are tied together. And like I've said on the podcast, you know, promo information, as young women, we have stories and those stories need to be heard by other women, women younger than us, older than us, and women all around the world. And especially in Louisiana, and y'all know this, we have a special flavor to us, a special spice, a special color, a special feel. And I don't think that that's really been captured before in a podcast like this. So I'm honored that you are here with me. I'm honored that you are excited for the guest that I will be bringing on to the podcast. I'm excited. And so... I'm just, I can't, I can't even deal right now. The magic in all of this is that we are sisters, but we are still strangers. We are different, but we are the same. We're just making all this up as we go along our merry little millennial way. It is here in Scrooge, in Africa, from the Niger to the Nile. The gods of old were goddesses. And women had wit and wisdom, as well as style. So that was my soul sister, Miss Eartha Kitt. May she rest in eternal dopeness. So speaking of wisdom, wit, and style, my first guest on the first episode of Say It With Your Breast is Miss Havila Malone. She is a number one best-selling author and international inspirational speaker from New Orleans who graduated from college at the age of 19. She is the visionary leader of Proof of What's Possible, Inc., which specializes in personal and business development for leaders. Malone has been featured on Fox, NBC, CBS, Huffington Post, and more. Havila attributes much of her success to Napoleon Hill's principles she learned as a youth. She gives back to leaders of the next generation as a youth advocate and founder of the nonprofit foundation Living Beyond the Box, Inc. Their premier program, Everybody Loves Barbie, is a self-empowerment movement that helps youth break the silence of abuse. Havila is a master certified practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming and she is a certified instructor for the Napoleon Hill Foundation. I am so honored, so excited. Let's jump into this. You don't know this because I was in the audience, so I'm going to tell you this little introduction that I had to you. Um, But a couple of years ago, maybe even three or four years ago, um, while Wayne here in New Orleans was doing industry influence, and yes, and I performed for, wait, no, did I perform that night? I did not perform for that. I was in the audience that night for this, um, this night, and they had different women who were authors from New Orleans on a panel. Um, and I remember you were one of them. I remember you talking about your book. There was another um, author talking about her book. 
And I was like, man. And so ever since then, I followed you um, on social media and just kind of seeing like what, you know, what you're doing. You put out lots of information and tidbits for people. Um, You're always doing different public speaking and women empowerment. So that was really like my first introduction to you. And you you're constantly moving around a lot. (laughs) Yes, indeed. And wow, that is so amazing. Yeah, I was I, I, I was going to tell you earlier, but I'm like, no, I'm going to wait till I press record for that one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And see, you know what, that's even a testament right there, is that you never know the things that you do, how they will affect other people. And just it could be one, you know, interaction or one seed that you end up planting that and here we're having a conversation three, four years later, right. you know, based off of that one, you know, circumstance, that one situation. That's why people just have to be just so true to who they are and share their gifts with the world. Just and- share your gifts and that ripple effect will be so far and beyond what you could ever imagine like it's unreal so I'm excited like, like I'm even more excited <laughs> yay yes I, I remember that night very vividly and um that's why I said before I was like oh my god I can't believe she said yes this is so cool thank you so I'm gonna jump right into it I mean you're definitely busy you're definitely a media mogul you do a lot of motivational speaking What's your favorite part of what you do? Like, what what do you love the most? Hmm. You know what? I, I would say the thing that I love the most is being a catalyst for positive change in people mm-hmm. and even in myself. Like, I love to be able to see the shift that happens. And so all of these different platforms that I use to be able to get information out there or to be able to connect with people, whether it's through social media or whether it's through traditional media like television or radio or podcasts or through speaking engagements or through books, they are just means of communication. So my, you know, high Mm -hmm. comes from when that communication is met with willing ears and people take that information in and then they take, they, they, it, they put it into action. They put it into use and they start seeing the shifts and changes. Like that for me is like the ultimate high in life where it's like you were able to really make a difference. And I love, you know, getting on stage and speaking. I love, you know, doing interviews and being able to share information. But again, they're, they're just platforms. They're just means of mm-hmm. communication. So whatever one I would be using, as long as I was still getting the same results or effect, that's what means the most for me. And, and I also, a part of my journey that I love probably even more is the work that I do on myself. Like yeah. working on my own self-mastery first, because then I actually have things to share with other people. Mm-hmm. What have you found? Because you are very... Um very positive and very uh, motivational and I can tell that you really believe and I know I read this but I can tell that you really believe in that journey of personal development um, from working with people talking with people um, and, and especially young women what have you found to be one of the biggest obstacles that sometimes um, slows down the the progress that young women can make in their own personal development? Fear 
and lack of belief in oneself. Uh-huh. That I find to be the biggest challenge that people, and especially we as women, face. And mm-hmm. that's a, a journey and a struggle that I've been through and still going through, you know, and that's why I constantly work on myself. Because there was a time where, like, even when I was younger, I always, you know, saw myself being, you know, like, on television or in the public light and, you know, but there were things, even when, because I graduated from college when, I graduated from college when I was 19, I went directly wow. into working into, like, news. So I was working at the local Fox station, and my goal was always to be on camera, but mm-hmm. I kind of settled, I held back, like, because the person that I looked when I looked in the mirror, I didn't think they were good enough to be on television. I didn't think I was pretty enough. I was overweight. You know, I had very low self-esteem. So it was like, well, if I could just be in this field, you know, just kind of be in this arena, then, you know, that's good enough. And so we will, because of the lack of belief in ourselves and all the things, the negative things that we start to believe, we start to hold back. Mm-hmm. But my real road and, and, and all of your journey is, is there to help you. All of it's there to be able to make you stronger. But my real um, path was to be on camera, to be out there sharing information, to be mm-hmm. truly who I was. But Lord, it was a journey uh, in there. <laughs> yeah. It's clear that Havila has accomplished so many things. And I know with all of us, when we're working and we're striving to become better every day, um, sometimes there's still that lack of joy, that lack of happiness. So I asked Havila, you know, with everything she's accomplished, is she happy? Yes, indeed. I am so grateful for where I am now. Like the person who I am today is not the same person I was three years ago, five years ago, definitely not 10 years ago, (laughs) you know, my mentality, my belief system has like totally shifted. And because I know that as a a human being, because we're just spiritual beings having a human experience. Hey, I love that. Greater. Yes. 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 We are so much greater than we can even conceive. Yeah. Our, potential is literally unlimited so even all the things that i've accomplished to this point this is just a scratch like a drop in the bucket yeah i am capable of accomplishing if i continue to work on myself and expand myself Mm -hmm. oh i got the chills on that one (laughs) (laughs) and i like that and expand yourself where you're not just growing as in because a lot of times i think we and I know even now, because of social media, we measure our success differently. Um, and we measure that success. And I know for most young women, I'm not going to say everybody, but most young women, we measure that success based on what other people are seeing from us. So do they see us with a nice job or do they see us with, you know, a nice car? Do we have, do, do we look like we're put together? Are we, are we going on trips? Like these things that are so very artificial, um, And I think what you said in terms of growing and expanding, not just growing upwards, like we think of upward movement rather than thinking out, thinking of like our community, thinking of other women, thinking of families, thinking of ourselves growing personally, just growing outward, like continuing to just expand. I like how you how you put that. And you're so on point with that because we live in a consumer society and we have been taught that 
you know, the people who have the flashy things and where it looks good and it glitters on the outside, then that's the measure of success. Where when you really understand and start to dig deeper into what wealth is, there's so many different levels and facets to wealth. If you are in good health, that is, first of all, that's true wealth. Because without that, you really can't even, you know, you don't have the energy or the stamina or, you know, the ability to even do the things that are necessary that create the material success in life. Mm -hmm. So if you are of sound mind and you can make decisions for yourself, that is a, a wealth. The fact that your heart is still pumping, the fact that you can wake up in the morning and you can see, but there are some people who are blind and can't see. Mm -hmm. So when we start to really measure what, what wealth is and that it's those things that actually create the material, it's not the material that creates that. So we have it a little bit twisted yeah. in our society. And so it's kind of like, and that's why the personal development journey is so important because then you get to reevaluate and put priorities where they are and all the material wealth will come when you get yourself together. I read that you're a master certified practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming. Can you explain what that is and how that has influenced the work that you do? And how did you find this program? Because I ain't never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds extremely, extremely deep. So can you can you explain more about it? Yes. So NLP, <laughs> uh, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming, is basically it's the science of getting results. Wow. So this is a practice that was um, created by Dr. Richard Bandler. And what they did, he and some other doctors, they would study, like, the, the cases that were like, the throwaways, like people who had, you know, extreme phobias or people who were, uh -huh. um, like, they would go to traditional doctors or psychologists and things like that, and they just could not get results. And so hmm. what they would do was look at, like, highly successful people, whether they were, you know, athletes or people in business or just different aspects um, um, of life, and they would say, okay, how is this person able to get these results? And so what they were able to find is we, when we think in pictures, like if I ask you right now if, to think about like the juiciest, tastiest hamburger you have ever had in life. Mm, yes. I'm sure picture comes to, right, <laughs> picture comes to mind, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh. My mom like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have pictures that are associated with everything mm. and those pictures create our experience of life and so what they were able to find was there's certain linguistic patterns there's certain pictures and the aspects of those pictures where like when i ask you about that burger like when you see that picture in your mind is it right there like close up like when you look at the, yes. the picture in your mind's eyes are right there close up like right there center or is it like to the left, to the to the right? You know, are there sounds associated? Are there tastes associated with it? All of those aspects, whether it's gustatory, olfactory, all of those things have an effect on our our experience of that thing and yeah. our belief in that thing. Yeah. And so what they found was we can control those aspects. We can change 
whether we like something or don't. You don't have to sit on somebody's couch for 30 years talking about, you know, like a horrific situation that happened in your life and, you know, why your mom, you know, abandoned you or your dad didn't love you and, you know, how that ended up, you know, causing you to go off the deep end where there's things that you can do to immediately change this. Wow. Immediately. So it's extremely powerful. It's extremely powerful. And I was introduced to this actually through Tony Robbins. So if you're familiar with um, that uh, that gentleman, he is extraordinary. He's a, a personal results guru. Wow, <laughs> he yeah. Like, he's like, don't call me a guru. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> I need he, one I mean, of those. Yeah. He, he is beyond amazing. And I had gone to, and really it was like, I had come to this shift in my life. And it was back in 2012. Prior to that, like, so, of course, I started my career in television. Then I went off. I ended up going into corporate America for about nearly a decade. And so I used to run a $160 million business. I was also the spokesperson on, like, the Home Shopping Network and QVC. And when Mm. the economy kind of took a downturn in the technology realm, our entire organization within this company got laid off. Oh, my God. So I was like, okay. Hey! <laughs> wow! <laughs> now what? You right. Know? And, and I and I literally like it was a great company to work for. It was a great job, and from the outside looking in, it had all of the bells and whistles of success. Mm-hmm. But I was not happy. Like mm-hmm. I would wake up every day depressed. Mm-hmm. I would wake up every day like having to drag myself out of bed. But of course, all my friends, family, everybody's like, "You better not leave that good job." Right, you know, of course. You got it going on. Like you got everything you need. Uh huh. company cars and all this good stuff. But I was not happy. Yeah. And so when this happened and we had this major layoff, it was like this opportunity. It was like I can continue because they offered me a different position within the company. I was like, I can continue going down this path that I'm comfortable in. And sometimes we're comfortable even in our discomfort. I know, right? So, okay. I hate it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, right. you know it's not right. You know in your heart. You know. Yes. But how often we ignore those voices and we just listen to everybody else and they're telling us where we should go, what we should do, how we should live, how we should, you know, operate within this thing called life. And so when the layoff happened, I actually decided, you know what, I'm going to figure out what I really want for my life and what direction I should be going in as opposed to what everybody is telling me I should do because ultimately I want to be happy. And so that led me down the path of going to a Tony Robbins seminar called Unleash Your Power Within. Mm -hmm. I actually saw it on Oprah Winfrey special. Come on, (laughs) come on, Auntie O. Come on. Yes. <laughs> yes. She, she went to one of his events. It's actually the same exact one. She walked on fire. You know, she was having all these breakthroughs and like she was sharing the journey through the entire like five day um, event. And I was like, one day I'm going to be going to that event. And yeah. Come to find out it was like nine months later. I was at that event. <laughs> Speaking at. That's yeah, amazing. Exactly. You, you do. You have to speak into existence those things that you want within your life. Like your words are so powerful. Yeah. They are more powerful than we give credit for. And so we wonder why things aren't going the way we want them to. But think about how do you talk to yourself? Like, mm-hmm. what are you saying? 
Havila tells the story about her nephew and how she took him to a sushi restaurant for the first time. He's never had sushi before. And he immediately tells her, oh my God, I love sushi. And she asks him, well, how can you love sushi? You've never had it before. And he goes on to explain that he just loves sushi. And indeed, he had sushi for the first time and he loved it. And she talked about how kids remain curious and they have this wonderlust about life. And, um, you know, they're so open before people can really get into their minds and tell them all the things they can't do and all the things they shouldn't have. And she goes on to explain how she's maintained her curiosity. Um, and I asked her, what are some of the things that she's still curious about? Of that curiosity, of that just ever evolving and wanting to grow. So, like, one of the things, a uh, journey that I'm on right now, actually, is, is, is one of my spiritual journeys. Like, I grew up yeah. um, as a Jehovah's Witness, and that was all I knew, and it has served me well. But where I'm at right now is trying to, you know, continue to expand and and there's so many things that I'm learning and you know it's scary to step outside of you know the foundation that you've had or the things that you've known you know so even for me like this like it's a kind of a very vulnerable place that I'm in you know as I am trying to create my own personal relationship you know as far as my my spiritual beliefs but it's something that I know like I I, that internal voice is saying you know go explore learn you know continue to expand your mind about me because I'm not inside of a box yeah (laughs) and that's a big piece I mean that's a huge huge piece of yourself is your spiritual identity and when you start to question or just start to wonder, not even necessarily um, in doubt or fear of what you were, you know, what you grew up on. I mean, you know, I grew up, my mother is a pastor. She's still a pastor. Um, and I, I know she saw a different destiny, I think, for me than I saw because I had had a, um, a spiritual um, curiosity at a very young age. And I think I asked questions that were, in her mind, maybe just off-putting and and, and risque almost. Um, you know, lots of, well, if this is this, then why is this this? And those questions that parents don't ever, ever want to try to answer, you know. But I, I find that that spiritual journey, you know, once I was in college and I was like, you know, I want to know more about. What is this relationship? Because I know that there's some relationship that I feel to something bigger than myself, but I don't know what label to put on it. You know, I don't know if that's the adequate label to use. Um, I don't know what, how did you find your way or how are you finding your way? Are you doing it through books? Are you doing it through certain practices? I mean, if you don't mind sharing. No, absolutely. Um and, and 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 I can tell you that I, I'm definitely growing in this uh, space because I normally wouldn't even talk about this. <laughs> I guess you're like, mm-hmm. be brave. <laughs> exactly. So hey, there's some growth that's happening here. Yes, so, yeah, expansion. So, so reading, um, like I am so like I, I have quite a few books on even like like the the Tao. Yes, it's 
Now the Ching, you know, like reading that. I still cool. do, you know, I read my Bible on a regular basis. Yeah. I look into, you know, books on Buddhism, on um, on different religious, you know, organizations and practices and things like that because I'm just constantly trying to find, like, the dots that connect it all because I do feel like we are all one mm-hmm. and there's many roads that lead to Mecca. You know, yeah. many roads. That, that will get you there, but at the end of the day, those core tenets of how are you showing love to each other, how are we showing love to our creator, and how are we showing love to ourselves? Like, is that the the crux of what it is and how you operate your life and how you interact with people and how you do business and how you, you know, um, explore opportunities? Like, is that the basis of it? And so... Yeah. I'm constantly reading, I'm constantly asking people questions, you know, um, because when I find out that somebody's of another, you know, belief system and they're like, you know, hardcore, diehard, tell me that, tell me. Right. Yes. I just finished reading, um, well, I think I have a few more chapters. It's like a tiny little book, um, but it's called The Tao of Pooh, but it's it's, it's spelled T-A-O of Pooh, like Winnie the Pooh. Have you read it yet? No, but I was like when you said the, the TAO, because that's like even the Taoism. Yes, like Taoism. Like TAO, yes. Yes. Right. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm curious myself. I love to, I, I find spirituality and I find religion just interesting. I just love reading about it and, and learn. But this book was so interesting um, because of, of how it related it to Winnie the Pooh. I'm just like, wow, I would have never. Oh, wow. It's it's just it's kind of mind blowing even from the introduction but it basically is kind of explaining that Winnie the Pooh is like the perfect example of a person who practices Taoism and the fact that he pretty much lives in the now in such a way that it almost comes off as super simplic um simplistic um and almost as if he's completely aloof of what's around him but instead he's not the questioner you know, like you might have Piglet who's questioning everything or you might have Tigger who's just kind of oblivious to everything or you have Rabbit who is, you know, it's just, it's interesting. I'm not going to go super deep into it, but I'm just throwing that one out there. Wow. It's a cool read. I know. I need to check that one out. It, it's so interesting that you made mention of that about those archetypes. I was just reading in um, Marianne Williamson's The Return to Love. She had um, referenced Deepak Chopra mm-hmm. and he said that we really need to start looking at like the different um, fairy tales or those kind of um, uh, fairy type stories that yeah. were prevalent in our childhood because there's something about that archetype that then ties into like your life now and so she shared about hers being the the, um, the girl in the patchwork dress and so I started thinking to myself like, who the, the, the kind of Disney story or you know that kind of um, story that was prevalent in my life and for me it was a little mermaid like that oh, was, little mermaid. I connected with that so deeply and when I started thinking about like okay the archetype like what did she stand for what did that mean and I was like she was a healer and she was a bridge builder between two worlds like she saw good on this side and she saw good on this side and couldn't understand why those two worlds could not coexist together could not be peaceable together and I 
feel like even for me in my journey, like there's so, especially on the spiritual journey, there's so many things or connections I see between different religions, between people, like even different races, um, cultures. And I want to be that bridge builder where we can create understanding and love for each other and see that, you know what, at the end of the day, we're all the same. So I was like, oh yeah. my God, now I see why the Little Mermaid was so huge. <laughs> <laughs> right. Little kids don't even understand how big this is, how deep. Right. <laughs> You're going to have me going back and watching every Disney movie over again. Journey of like that self-discovery and you have somebody who's in your ear who's telling you, you know, you're not good enough or you did this wrong or people are not going to be, you know, proud of you. So we run away from our true path. We run away from who we truly are only to go on this journey to, to be able to build ourselves, to come back and have to face those things that we were so afraid of for us to really walk in our path. I'm like, that movie is deep. Right? Havila has authored some amazing stories for kids in two best-selling books. One of them, The Amazing Adventures of Oliver Hill, which is 17 short stories based on the principles of success by thinking for a rich author, Napoleon Hill. And of course, the other one is putting the principles into practice, which is all about helping to teach kids how to live a fulfilling life. Which, if I was a kid, I would have loved to read that book because I was just that kind of kid and I loved to read. I know as a songwriter, you know, a lot of times I like to write songs that I want to hear. And in hosting this podcast, I wanted to create something that I wanted to hear. So I asked Havala the question. Were these the type of books you would have wanted to read as a kid yourself? Oh, my God. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, and, and Napoleon Hill, for, for those individuals who don't know, is actually the author of the 1937 classic, Thinking Grow Rich. Mm -hmm. He's actually one of the top 10 best-selling books of all time. Has created more millionaires and successful people than uh, any other success philosophy in history. As a matter of fact, where the connection for most people, and they're like, ah, okay, I know who he is. Yeah. Um, the phrase, if I can conceive it, and believe it, I can achieve it. Well, good God, if that's not on every poster in every school in America. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And so it wasn't until later on in life where I even picked up Thinking Grow Rich and started reading it. And even when I was reading it, you know, earlier on in my life, like, it was very deep. And I got bits and pieces of it, but, you know, wasn't able to put it all together until later. And so I became a big student of Napoleon Hill. And I, we were actually at a um, leadership certification course in Frenchlook, Indiana, when we were approached, um, myself and my uh, writing partner for this assignment that we did, um, we were approached by the Napoleon Hill Foundation to be able to take those 17 principles of success and put it into a format that children could understand, that children could oh, that is genius for their success. That's genius. Huge. Like, even Napoleon, like, there's literally audio recording of Napoleon Hill himself. Like, this was something that he wanted to have happen. He was like, to be able to give these principles to children of all ages, it would literally change generations. Wow. And, and so now, for the first time in history, it's been done. And so, even for me to have been a part of such a historical and monumental, uh, um, uh, 
project, yes. I, like, it blows me away still to this day. Like, it literally still <laughs> Right. That's amazing. Like, that is absolutely amazing. That, Thank you. I mean, because you try to find the right way to, and I, and I guess this would definitely have been a book for me as a kid, but all my doggone questions that I had growing up, you know, like, what is going on in the world? You know, I was a young girl just, like, looking at the world, shaking my head, like, mm-mm-mm. <laughs> at, like, seven years old, you know, asking these questions. But this is a book that for sure I would have read as a kid, and I want to read now as a big kid because that's amazing. Yeah, it brings children because again we learn best through stories because we normally we have this you know this critical mind that will you know pull things apart but when somebody tells you a story about something the lesson that's within that story it gets past that critical mind and is allowed to go into your unconscious mind well we really is like 98% of who we are and what we yeah. is, is stored there and how we understand things is there. And so the book, The Amazing Adventures of Oliver Hill, it brings kids on these on these adventures with Oliver and his brothers and sisters and their friends and they're being taught principles like learning from adversity and defeat. Like if, if I had known, like, okay, so all the things that I had gone through as a child, like there was actually some benefit out of it because you don't see that when you're going through right. whatever no. you know, drama or trauma that you're going through at the time. But to be able to understand that, you know what, there's a seed of equivalent benefit. There's something good that will come out of this situation if you would just look for it, you mm-hmm. know. And, but to be able to learn that through a children's story, like there's, there's so many even adults that are enamored with this book and are like, I read it for my own self. <laughs> right. I was about to say, like, I'm about to go download books on my nook and I'm I'm. I will have my reading list for the next month or so. Like I'm people out there, educators, teachers, parents, go get the books. Just do yourself a favor. Just get the books. Yes. You want to learn how to budget your time and money, you know, how to really use teamwork or the mastermind principle as a kid. Like this is literally going to shift the next generation. We are about breaking those poverty mentality cycles, breaking those cycles of like limiting beliefs and really putting the power back into the hands of individuals because these are time-tested, proven methods that have created success. So why wouldn't you want to give that to your children? Right. I'm I'm going to put in the podcast like a round of applause right here. I just want you to know in advance. (laughs) I'm going to plug that in. That, yes, absolutely. And then you also work with, and, and I know this is for youth, I don't know the exact ages, but Everybody Loves Barbie as part of your nonprofit, Living Beyond the Box. What, what do you, like, how do you incorporate those those books into that work? Or is that another program that you that you work um, on with youth? Like, how, tell us about that. Yes, so um, Living Beyond the Box is my nonprofit organization, and one of our premier programs is called Everybody Loves Barbie. I love that and name, too. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a huge Barbie fan and, you know, have been for many, many years and, and actually has a very, you know, deep meaning behind it. 
uh, because we actually work with uh, youth who have been abused to be able to help them to not only break their silence around that, but also to be able to take their power back and, and be able to live life on their own terms. And I was a victim of sexual abuse as a child, and I, you know, had not broken my silence about that until around, like, 2014, you know, so in the last, like, few years. And I had kind of convinced myself and kind of um, decided that I was going to go to my grave with that, you know, mm-hmm. I, there was the shame and the guilt and, you know, worried about, hey, it's tearing my family apart because it was, you know, a very close family member um, that was involved with that. And, 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 and all of the, I can look back now and a lot of the decisions that I made and the reasons why I had such low self-esteem and such low self-confidence was due to my belief around who I was and that I wasn't good enough and I was lower than dirt and I literally started collecting Barbies and for them like and, and at the time that I was doing it I was just like oh they're pretty they have nice outfits you know they're great dolls because I never opened them like I would leave them in their box untouched and I had collected over a 20 year period I had collected over 300 Barbie dolls wow so, it was a huge, you know, collection of them, and it wasn't until I broke my silence about being molested that my connection with the dolls broke, and I finally realized why I was really collecting them, because they stood for all of these things that I didn't see in myself, like, I didn't see myself as being beautiful, and the dolls, they were inside of those boxes, they were untouched, they were still clean, I didn't see myself as being clean, so Mm -hmm. they were this outward external anchor for all these things that I wanted for my life that I didn't feel like I was. So it was like, it blew my mind. And and, and that's why for me, it's so important that whatever trauma, you know, someone has faced or difficulty or thing that they have gone through or challenge they've gone through for you to be able to talk about it, for you to be able to explore and heal from it, because you won't even realize how many other things that go on in your life that are connected to that thing. Right. And that may be what is holding you back from truly being all that you were meant to be in this life. I tell you, we uh, we are extraordinary beings. We truly are, and our minds will do what's necessary to protect us. And that's why the personal development development piece is so important. Because you don't even realize, people are like, oh, that's just how I am, you know? No, <laughs> yeah. not necessarily. It could be how you've been programmed to be, to safeguard yourself or to, you know, circumvent certain, certain situations or how to deal with things in your life. That's not necessarily who you are. You get to choose right. who you are right. at the end of the day. Though Havila's name is known internationally, she is a Southern girl from Louisiana at heart. And I wanted to know from her, being from the South, but also traveling around the world, do people appreciate where she's from as much as she has appreciated where she's from? When people know that you're from Louisiana, they have like this immediate like wonder, you know, and curiosity and oh my goodness, tell me all about your life. Um, how much did growing up in Louisiana influence you? Louisiana, like people are just enamored with this town, and for good reason. Yeah, because we have uh, it's a culture. 
actual melting pot. You know, there's so there's a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and it makes us very unique and very you know worldly, um, culturally speaking. And of course, we have amazing food, which sometimes hmm. is reflected in our Tell you know, me. our weight. <laughs> yes, our food is so good and 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 every and even the, the hospitality that we have here like it, it becomes a culture of family like family is so important um in louisiana and you can go to other cities and, and i think every city every culture has its you know pluses it has its things that are really drawing about it um and of course it also has its you know its minuses as well and, ah, okay i can take that or leave that but like say you go to new york you're not going to have the same type of hospitality that you're going to have or that experience of like neighborly friendly you know like hey I- i've known you my entire life you know as when you come here and so people love that and i think that also growing up in that environment where it is about like hey we're all family you know come on over have mm-hmm. something to eat you know what, come and get comfortable you know even if you're a stranger like i know you i love you right like, that's such a draw you know and i think that taking that same energy that same spirit with you to different places around the world is why people embrace you so much and they because they feel that good spirit that good energy yeah and i definitely think that's a part of our culture here so we end our conversation talking about her first book as well as what's next for her yeah oh well i am really excited to be able to share so on October the 7th at the uh, Camellia City Smooth Jazz Festival, I will actually be having the official crowning ceremony because I am Miss Louisiana U.S. Universal 2018. Whoa! <laughs> I had no idea I was speaking to the queen. <laughs> yes. Y'all, we got the queen, y'all. We got the queen. <laughs> That is amazing. How did you find out, like, you were the queen? Like, was this a, did you know this was coming? Yes. Yeah, so I had, um, actually, because my birthday was just this past July, and I just recently turned 35, and I was just like, okay. So as I was coming up into that time period, I was thinking, okay, so what's, what's my next chapter going to look like? You know, uh-huh. what, what, what's this next piece of, you know, my, of course, I'm going to continue, you know, speaking and writing books and, you know, just sharing these empowering messages with the world and helping people be their best. But I'm like, Pablo, what is some things that have been on your list that you have not pursued or gone after? Mm-hmm. And so this was one of those things. And as a matter of fact, my cousin, um, Bailey Dayton, she was one of the top 10 in the Miss USA pageant. So she was on the, the special on Fox in, in May and like just watching her journey uh-huh. and, you know, just like all that she had gone through. I was like, that just looked like it would be so much fun. Like, yes. <laughs> so, you know, amazing. And what girl doesn't have dreams of being, you know, a princess? And, you know, I'm saying. The crowd. Exactly. So I was like, you know what? Why wait on those things that we want to accomplish within our lives? So I I made the decision. I was like, you know what? This is one of those things that I want to not only for my own self, because there there was a time in my life where I didn't think I was good enough to be able to do something like that. I wasn't pretty enough, smart enough. And all those things, they were limiting beliefs. They were false beliefs, but they were very real for me. Mm-hmm. And they held me back from pursuing opportunities. Right, right. And so I was like, 
the development work I've been doing with myself, I was like, okay, no, it's time. Like, step out of your comfort zone, you know, take the risk, go for it. Yes. And I started doing research into different, like, pageant systems because I really wanted to be able to connect with an organization that it wasn't just about, you know, pretty faces. It was about women who were coming together to make a difference in this world and using that platform to be able to reach more people and to be able to do something really good. And so when I found the um, the U.S. Universal uh, that pageant system, I was like, okay, I, I, I made a decision. That's why I say your power, your thoughts and your words are so powerful. Because I made, I thought, like, I'm going to be Miss Louisiana. I'm going to go on. I'm going to win Miss U.S. Universal. And I'm going to win the international title. I was yes, like, you are. It's done. Like, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went through the process. Um, and I ended up being chosen to represent Louisiana as Miss Louisiana. I was like, oh, my God. That is amazing. <laughs> Oh my God! Congratulations! Thank you. That is so huge. Much. Thank you so much. So that you're I, so you're I'm getting prepped. You have your ball gown. Yeah. Like what? Like what's your purpose? Right. And so, so our first. Uh, so matter of fact, next uh, on September the sixteenth, we have um, the official photo shoot. Uh, so we'll be doing that, and then October seventh, over like I said at the Camellia City Smooth Jazz Festival, we'll be doing the official crowning ceremony, and then it's really uh, I'll be getting to work, you know, even more so with the Fueling the Future Now um, program that we do, because my goal is throughout you know the rest of this year and then through 2018 to be able to touch 10,000 young girls' lives, mm-hmm. to be able to get a book in their hand, to be able to speak to them, to be able to pour into them and show them that anything that they set their mind to, they can accomplish. So my goal is to be able to get to 10,000 young ladies. And so we have an event coming up on November 4th called The Ultimate You. It's a music and empowerment event that we're partnering with um, Walmart's Next Death Gospel Superstar, uh, Joanna McGill. And then I have a lot of um, engagements that are set up. and, And I'm also open to, there's organizations out there that cater to young ladies to be able to come in speak to them to be able to do programs with them and we're going to be traveling around the country you know doing that and just being able to make a bigger difference that i can um, in the lives of these young ladies oh my goodness you are booked (laughs) you are booked so y'all make sure to go and oh and also get your book how to become a publicity magnet but that was the first book right Yes, yes we didn't even talk about that. We've talked about everything else. <laughs> but yes, talk about that too before before you go. Yes, certainly. So how to become a publicity magnet in any market via TV, radio, and print. That actually was my very first book that I released. Um, it's the number one bestseller. It's helping people. Like, say if you have a product, you have a service, you have a message, you have something that you're trying to get out there to the world. Um, this book truly helps you not only how to navigate like the media landscape and you know how to get television interviews, how to connect with producers, how to build those relationships, how to you know um, build up your your media presence and, and nail the interviews and things like that. But the most important piece, which is getting out of your own way, because I feel like information is it's, it's there, it's available. If you wanted to 
be on your morning news station to be able to talk about, you know, your amazing bakery or you as a dressmaker and, you know, or the wonder pill that you've been able to create that's helping people around the world. It's doable. Yeah. And a lot of times we just don't think we're good enough to be able to be the one on that, you know, on that platform and utilizing those, um, those outlets. And mm-hmm. so it really helps you to wrap your mind around getting out of your own way first and then gives you strategies that will get you in the media's eye. Build your personal and business brand so that you can make the true impact that you came here to this planet to make. It's another book for the reading list, ladies. <laughs> yes, there's um, an acronym. It's like the six P's of productivity. It says prior... Um, prior proper preparation prevents poor performance. Hey. So the more that you can put into, as I said, the people who are on these you know huge stages or they're in the limelight, there's so much work that is going on behind the scenes in the dark that people don't get to see. That is the reason why they're on those platforms and on those stages. Mm-hmm. So that's why the, the work behind the scenes is huge. I'm right. Like, people, I'm like, you look at the glory, but you don't know the story. I'm like, <laughs> like. Right, I like that. You look at the glory, but you don't know the story. And you were a TV producer, too. So you know that the behind the scenes is a whole nother... I mean, that's a whole nother story in itself. Yes, Lord, yes. <laughs> so before she leaves, Havila lets us know how to get in touch with her. And ladies, she does not mind if you get in touch with her. If you have questions, you know, if you just need some advice. Most definitely. And I love it when people reach out and I'm able to connect. Um, you can reach out to me via email at ask at com. So that's A-S-K at H-A-V-I-L-A-H-M-A-L-O-N-E.com. I am on all social media platforms. So whether it's Facebook at Havilah Malone and the number two is my um, public page. Um, I'm on Instagram at Havilah Malone, um, Twitter at Havilah Malone. Um, and so please, you know, reach out. Like I always say this because a lot of times people are like, oh, no, well, you know, my, my question isn't that important or, you know, no, like I don't want to bother that person or whatever. Reach out. If you have that calling, that yearning, like, you know what, I feel like, you know, there's something there for me, or I just need to connect, do it. You never know where your blessing's going to come from. You mm-hmm. never know. So you never know. Listen to that internal guiding voice and take the action. Your life can change in an instant. Wow. Thank you so much. I feel like I've gone through my own neuro-linguistic programming. <laughs> I really do. I really appreciate it. I I really can't put into words, but I mean, congratulations on everything. No need for luck. You you're amazing, and we're talking to the queen, y'all. So you know, I gotta be careful. <laughs> I definitely left that conversation feeling very inspired and 
quite tickled by the things that I had in common with Havila. Um, just my love for all things girly and my love of reading and my love for just wanting to understand other people um, and even help other people in figuring out my place in the world. So that was an amazing, an amazing conversation. I'm so grateful that she was willing to be on the show. So that's pretty much it for our first episode. Of course, our prayers go out to everyone affected by the recent hurricanes. Um, I just hope that everyone stays safe. And thank you so much for listening to our first episode of Say It With Your Breast. Don't go anywhere just yet. I'm going to end with a poem recited by uh, our girl from Baton Rouge, Miss Lynn Whitfield. Bye, everybody. Tune in next time.